All right, Tim Blankenship here, Divorce 661 with the Divorce 661 Daily Perspective, episode 31 for this Tuesday, November 21st, 2023. Today, we're coming at you live, have a lot of updates for you. I ran out of time, didn't get this update, this video out early enough to be able to upload it, so we're just going to do it live and shotgun this thing. Um, the nice thing about doing it live is I can answer questions at the end of the video. Um, you know, big news, my channel just got monetized. What does that mean to you? Monetize when YouTube monetizes your channel means you can do kind of all kinds of neat um, new stuff on um, both your current videos and live videos. And specifically, what I'm thinking about doing is turning my business as well. You know, I have a full service business here as well, but turning this into a self help center, if you will, for California. I know it's difficult getting a hold of the self-help centers across California. People are waiting <clears throat> for months for classes. And um, I thought I could jump on here a couple times a week and answer those questions with the um, the thought process with this, with my YouTube channel now being monetized. There's these things called super chats, super thanks, and super something else. I forget. But basically, you're able to um, make a donation, if you will to perhaps get some assistance from me on the fly as we're doing this. So just just a thought process, maybe uh, jump on and do these live shows uh, as a self-help type scenario. And if you want direct questions for your own divorce answered, you can do a super thanks or a super chat. Uh, we'll, we'll come up with some fees for that and um, we'll see how that works. Just a thought. And I just thought I'd share that with you. Um, one more announcement, uh, eight days still left to file for LA County. Uh, if you want to file uh, this week, probably the last week, maybe next Monday we can squeeze you in, but we can still file and have your case divorce, your divorce case finalized before the end of the year. Uh, we can do that because in LA County, everything's e-filed and we get next day approvals on the judgments and we can turn them in as soon as five weeks after we filed, which puts us right around the 22nd, 23rd of December right now. So we're really kind of close, but I've been preaching this uh, for those of you that want to get your divorce done this year uh, in LA County only, by the way, um, that if you want to get that done, we can certainly take care of that. And a lot of people are taking advantage of that. I think this has been the busiest week leading up to Thanksgiving I've had in 11 years, just because I've been talking about so much about how we can get these done before the end of the year. Uh, keep in mind, of course, it's still the six month supply. So even though you'll be fully divorced, all your terms uh, uh, and agreements signed off by the judge, you still have to wait for the six months to pass, which will put you sometime, I think in May, late May, maybe uh, June. I'd have to count out the six months in a day. So that was the announcements today. Um, let me know what you think about going live as opposed to doing the uh, the podcast. I need to make one quick update here. I forgot to do that. Bear with me. And I'll get right into this. It changes to the make sure we're on the right podcast here. There we go. Okay. So now, as far as what happened today, like I said, it's been extremely busy. I thought I'd get a little break this week. You guys would go on vacation. You'd be on your flights or on your drive, but apparently not. We did. Uh, how many new cases do we have? We had four consults today. Am I on the right day? Yeah. Four consults, uh, consultations today. Um, what else did we have? Uh, three new cases. So we had three, three new cases, two for LA County. They want to take advantage of getting their divorce uh, finalized before the end of the year. We have uh, for clients living in uh, one in Van Nuys and other clients were living in Burbank. We also filed a new Orange County uh, divorce case for clients living in Newport Beach. Um, LA County, we got those back same day from the court. Um, Orange County, we get 
they will file stamp it the same day, but we won't get it for three or four court days with the, this case we filed today with uh, Orange, um, with Thursday being a holiday. I don't think we'll get this back from court until Friday. One of the downsides with all the other courts, at least they allow for the e-file, the petition. So four consults, uh, consultations, three new divorce cases, um, had three approvals today as well. And um, four judgments were e-filed. So a lot of judgments were turned into the court today for review and approval um, with LA County. We'll probably have many of those back uh, maybe tomorrow, but maybe Friday. There might be some vacations. Keep in mind the clerks take vacations during the holidays as well so that I can add to the time. All right, I want to talk about a couple of different topics that came up with the work I did today with clients. And again, I do this to help you out. If you're going through a divorce, maybe doing your own divorce and you have similar issues, it'll help you out. Um, I want to talk to you about how people expect um, to work with me. I had one big um, team. So I want to tell you a little bit about my past, if you will, just briefly. You know, I've been doing this going on 12 years and I went from doing it by myself to having a large team, five employees, four offices. Um, and then now um, with COVID and with e that, it's gone back to just me for the most part, except for, you know, having folks answer my phones and, that, and so forth. And the way I've been able to handle the volume is that through technology and systems, I've sadly been able to replace many of my employees. The nice thing about it is I actually get a paycheck now, whereas for the first five or six years, I did not. Um, but I think clients are happier now. P people, I think they see me on uh, the videos, then they they call, and I think they now are surprised that when I call them, that's actually me, because there was a time when other people, other staff members uh, with my company were reaching out and calling. And um, But when I, I think uh, it's just people are more receptive when I call. They know the voice. They see my face. And they've decided if they're going to you know call me or schedule a consultation at least, that they have um, obviously already vetted me and just have a couple questions regarding their specific case. Um, also, if you are a mediator, no, this is number two. If you're a mediator or a therapist and you've referred business to me, I appreciate it. If you are watching this and you're a mediator or therapist, I do and an am an I am able to take on your amicable clients if it turns out that mediation or therapy doesn't work and they decide they want to file for divorce, um, I would be happy to assist them. I do get referrals from mediators and therapists that send me their clients who after going through therapy, let's say um, they decided that it's not going to work and they want to file for divorce. And if they're amicable enough to go to therapy, I imagine they're amicable enough to go through a divorce uh, with me, and I can work with both of them and get them through the process anywhere in California. So I'd welcome uh, any of those uh, referrals. I would appreciate it. Number three, we had uh, clients where they had children born, children that were born before the marriage. It happens. Uh, in the alternative, we see people that um, get married simply because they are pregnant. I can tell when I see the date of birth of the child being two months after the date of marriage. I know that they got married specifically for the purpose because they are pregnant. Um, I don't know what the, if that is a, a good reason to get married, but I see a lot of those, we do a lot of divorce cases where I can see the, the marriage date just before the birth of the child. But what I want to talk about in this is that if you do have a child born before marriage, um, you just have to file the paperwork a little bit differently when it comes to the petition as well as the judgment. Uh, 
You'll notice on the petition, it'll ask if there's children born before the marriage and they want you to attach the declaration of paternity. And I can tell you in my experience after doing this 11 years that most people do not have that. What it is, is it's a document you get in the hospital that shows that who the parents are. It's not the birth certificate. It's a, it's a paternity form that you would sign in the hospital. It's a yellow. I think your copy is yellow. And uh, most people don't have that, but you do need a declaration of paternity to finalize your divorce case if you have children born before the marriage because the court requires it. And if you don't have that, um, that's fine. What I do is I've drafted up a stipulation that I have you sign that basically mirrors what that hospital declaration of paternity form is and um, have you sign that and the courts will accept that. But it is required that you have some type of stipulation or declaration of paternity if you have children born before the marriage. And for those of you just joining us live, we're we're this is the first we're doing live of our daily uh, perspective podcast. I was running out of time today. Um, so I had to do this live and I think I might do them live in the future. I was talking about maybe doing this as a regular thing and then answering questions. So if you do have questions, I'll try and monitor. Let me know if you have questions. I will uh, see what comes up in the comments here and try and answer those once we are done. Number four. So today I handled a 2020 default case. So this is a default no agreement. You know, I hate those. Um, but we took this on because once I um, re uh, reviewed their initial paperwork that they filed, um, I was, I realized that there is a way to get it through because there are certain criteria that were met. So this was a case again, that was filed in 2020 and it was uh, one of the most messed up cases in, uh, that I've ever seen. I shouldn't say ever. I've seen some really bad ones, but what happened was they had filed their petition and made the original petition and made mistakes. Then they amended their petition and made different mistakes. And you can only, you only get one free amendment. So the way this works is they filed for divorce. They made errors. Court made them um, change it uh, or, or file an amendment. They've amended it. You get one amendment. I don't say for free, but you get one amendment without having to get court approval. They messed that one up. And then they filed and then they went to court. They did this all on their own before hiring me again. This is three-year-old case. Then they, hired, then they went to court, got approval for a second amended. So this is their number three of amended and they messed it up again. So when I took them on, I said, hey, you know, we're going to have to either set this for another uh, motion for a request for a third amended, which is crazy. The courts go nuts when you're doing this. They're going to pull you into court. But uh, the error on the second amended was minor enough. It was causing a reject. I did try to submit it as is to see if I could sneak it through. And the courts caught it. The issue was related to their property declarations that were listed. They didn't list who the assets and debts were going to. They did list them, but they didn't say if it was petitioner's community property or um, respondent's community property. So they rejected the judgment because it wasn't clear. So I said, in this case, what we're going to try and do is request a prove-up hearing. And what that is, is it's an opportunity to go to, because if we just turn the judgment in, they're just going to reject it time and time again. So I said, let me get you into court. It's called a prove-up hearing. It's only done on, well, I shouldn't say it's only done on, but mostly on default without agreement type cases. And it's so you can get into court and explain to the judge why the judgment should be approved. So we filed that um, with the court. We got, um, they set a court date. They just attended it uh, late last week, I think Friday of last week, and got some testimony and basically cleared up, cleared the air on who the asset should be assigned to. And today I received the approval uh, via e-file from the court. And this is with LA County. So we were able, able to get that three-year-old case finalized. 
Number five, today I took on an, another um, default without agreement type case. I've been getting a lot of them, even though I talk about the fact that I don't like taking them on. If you have no agreement and you're going through divorce and you're getting stuck, I, let me know. I will review your paperwork. There's certain instances where we can get your divorce finalized simply when there's no agreement or your spouse is not participating or cooperating. But it depends on a lot of factors. The factors are things like, were you married less than 10 years? Are there are there children and how did you file the petition? Did you already amend your petition and can we clean that up? Is there a ton of community property that we are going to be forced to divide equally? So we have to go through these specific um, challenges when it's a default without an agreement. And a new client today hired me again of the four uh, or of, of the three new cases today. Uh, one was a default, which he said, um, there's not going to be an agreement. So once I review his documents, I'll let him know if it's something I think we can get uh, through the court. If you just join us, feel free to answer any questions you might have in the chat. And I'll take a look when we're done going over uh, the information I have for you today. Number five, or that was five. Number six, um, I want to talk about completing the FL 105 when you're going to file for uh, file for divorce. Uh, when you have children living you, with you 50-50. Uh, so we're talking about spouses who have already separated, have minor children, they're living in separate households, and the children, they already have kind of a, um, between themselves, a custody schedule. And they're doing 50-50, whatever, whatever those, whatever that looks like. When I go to file, uh, this was a new case, one of the new cases I filed today, I said, where are the children currently living with and with whom? And they said 50% with me at this address and 50% with my spouse at that address. So when you're going to complete the FL 105, you can split the timeshare. You don't have to, it's not critical that you do it. I like it to be accurate. So it shows who, just for my client's sake, they can see that on this FL 105 uh, UCCJA, it says 50% at, you know, um, dad's house, 50% at mom's house. But if you didn't do that, it's not, it's not an issue. It's not your proposed custody order. It's just, it's just the FL 105. They want to know for jurisdictional purposes where the kids have lived the last five years. So if you did not, you know, put that 50% each house, it doesn't matter. The reason I do it is I know when I, if I don't split the time on the, uh, where the addresses for the, the most recent addresses being 50, 50, I know the clients are going to say, Oh, but you know, it shows that they're living with mom versus dad and, and that's not the case. So I would just split it. It doesn't make a difference, but I think it makes my clients happy that they see it on there it has no bearing on what your agreement related to custody actually is. Number seven, talk about withholding orders. There's two types of withholding orders, and this came up today, both child support uh, withholding orders and spousal support uh, withholding orders. So if you Number one, I want to state that when you we finalize your settlement agreement, your divorce and so forth, and you uh, say there's an order for child support and spouse support, on the FL342 spouse support order, or child support order rather, it says that a income withholding order will automatically be ordered by the court. And despite that, 99% of the courts do not require that. 99% of the courts do not um, or our, my clients do not want that. They don't want a withholding order. So 99% of the time, we don't fill that out. This is form FL395, I believe, uh, the uh, child support income withholding order. You can if you want, if you just don't want to deal with it. Um, we've had clients say, you know, I don't want to write, write a check for child support um, every uh, every week or month or whatnot. I'm just, I want it coming out of my pay, so we'll file the income withholding order. Most people do not want it. They just don't want their employers to know for whatever reason. And I get it for a privacy uh, standpoint. 
So, uh, but yeah, just, just know that if you're doing your own divorce, uh, you don't need the withholding order for child support. Most courts, if it gets rejected, if your divorce gets rejected or just the judgment gets rejected, um, it shouldn't, it should get approved. I've only had one time where they rejected it because they wanted the form submitted with the judgment when technically the judgment says that you have 10 days to turn it in. I think the courts know that people aren't turning them in. So in this particular court, I forget what it was. It was a while ago. They, um, I think they said, let's just reject the judgment and then we'll force them to turn in the, uh, the 395. You know, I think it's 195, not, not 395. I think I'm thinking about maybe going on vacation up to Bishop, taking the three. Yeah. The FL 195. I apologize if you guys looking at the form. Sorry about that. Um, now the spouse support order, if you want to have a spouse support order, we just did a modification for clients today that uh, are modifying, doing an increase in, in spousal support. And I apologize if I keep interchanging spousal and child support, but we're talking specifically about spouse support now. If you uh, want to modify that, uh, we do that by stipulation. I uh, just draft a document that says we're either increasing, decreasing, terminating, whatever it is you're doing, uh, the spouse support. In this in this case, we're increasing it effective January 1st, 2024. And they wanted to have a withholding order on that. And that is a different form. It's not the 195. It is a specific earnings assignment order. And I'm reading it. Earning assignment order for spouse support. And it's a form FL 435. And that's a simple document to file. Um, you don't, nothing you need to sign. You just say who, who the payor is, where it's going to be mailed to, and so forth to get that filed and send that to court. The judge will sign it and then you can send it to your employer. But yeah, we had uh, the payor wanted to uh, have that done because they didn't want to deal with it. They just wanted it to come out and go directly to their spouse. Now, um, I did one, so normally, and I talked about this last week, there is no court fee to, uh, or no filing fee when we file these. So I'll see, I'll, I'm always wondering if, you know, we are the first to know usually if it changes in um, court requirements, court fees, new documents and so forth, because we file so many cases throughout California. We're the, I don't say we're the first to know, but we, we know very fast or quickly what um, what changes there are. So in, um, I want to say it was Alameda County, we filed one of these last week and they <clears throat> they wanted to, to charge a $60 fee because the judge is signing it. And that's never happened before in 11 years. We've never had a court request um, a fee to sign this order. Although if you look at their fee schedules, they do charge for orders like joinder or um, like quadros, there's a fee and most orders there are. Um, and we're starting to see the courts uh, request fees on everything the judge has to sign. Withholding order for spouse support. Um, we also had a name change, a name restoration uh, request, which we filed for years for the respondent, even though they didn't respond. And it was a default with written agreement case. And the court's now asking for the full $435 court filing fee. So I don't know if they're getting... Um, they're trying to just get as many fees as they can, or there's a change in policy, or they just said, hey, we're going to start charging for, we're going to keep an eye on, on these things. Um, and that could go for, as far as you, um, that court fee, the reason that they're charging, normally the filing fee for an order is 20 bucks. Um, that would be for a stipulation for maybe this uh, earnings assignment order. This will be an LA County earnings assignment order. We don't file a lot of them. The last few over the last couple of years, there's not been a fee. So we'll see if there's a fee for this. I told the clients there might be a fee because we saw a fee in another county. So it might be a California-wide thing. I doubt it. But um, the issue with the uh, name change post-divorce 
is that uh, they looked up to see that the respondent did not file a response and said, well, this is the first document technically that the respondent's filing. So we're going to charge the full $435 court fee, which is terrible. So if you are thinking of changing your maiden, going back to your maiden name or restoring your maiden name or your former name rather, then um, you're definitely going to want to add that in the divorce because if you don't and you did not pay a filing fee, like you're the respondent that did not respond, you are going to be asked to pay the full $435 fee. So definitely make sure that you guys get those in. Well, um, I hope you enjoyed uh, today's daily perspective, day in the life of an LDA. Uh, this is episode 31 for um, November 21st, 2023. This Tuesday, we have Thanksgiving coming up in two days. I hope you guys have a great one. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks for hanging out with me today.